2: This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now
3: we've got a fight started here right off the
2: bat with right. Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now.
4: It's official. Call off the parade, folks. Rosie's whistling as we come on air here. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. The Thursday edition of Leafs Morning Take. We're one day away from the trade deadline. How are you feeling on this Thursday, Rosie?
0: Oh, we're good. I'm just ready for those Oilers fans to infiltrate our chat and we just go to war at the end of the show here. They're they're quite an annoying group of people, those
4: Oilers fans. They are, and they're feeling pretty good about life. We're going to get to that game. We're going to get to a preview of the Leafs and Flames in the back-to-back. Joseph Wall will start. And uh, Nick Kiprios is going to drop by from Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 5.9 The Fan in Toronto and Sportsnet uh, as well. He's going to drop by, give us the very latest on what he's hearing what the Leafs could do what they should do found out earlier today before we came on the air the Boston Bruins here we go again they pick up Tyler Bertuzzi they put Taylor Hall on LTIR that's another excellent pickup for the Bees who have eight regulation losses on the season Orlov's been a huge addition and uh, David Pasternak just signed an extension today too
0: seriously man that team is like got a cheat code going on right now and it's uh Unfortunate they're in the Leafs division right now, but uh, all you can do is hope that Bertuzzi throws
4: off the chem in that dressing room and they absolutely fold. Doubtful. Yeah, that's all you could pretty much hope for. Uh, Before we get going here, you got to break down a fight. Uh, That's why Oilers fans are all hot in the chat right now. The big scrap last night, your boy Justin Hall against Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Here it is, Rosie. Break it down, buddy.
0: Oh, geez, they both oblige, and everything's going good, and then all of a sudden he gets one landed. Oh, no, and then just buries his head down and is protecting himself. Just classic, classic way to lose. make sure you lose a fight. You get tagged one off your visor, whoop-de-doo, and all of a sudden you hit panic mode and then duck your head to allow the guy in the driver's seat just to throw a bunch of uppercuts as you fall down right there. Buries his head, buries his head. Uppy, 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 bye. It's just classic, no clue what you're doing. I mean, Hall, you're way bigger than Nuge, and you could just string him out, hold him out, Bear hug him, do anything but what you did. And I don't know, that's fine. I got no problem with guys losing fights. I think the most important thing is showing up for sure. I'll always give, give a guy credit for taking his gloves off and engaging. I don't really care too much what happens after. Of course, it's embarrassing to to lose. I found the most skinny little weasel picture of Nuge I could possibly find to say that Hulk <laughs> got by this guy. But uh, it's one you probably shouldn't lose. But the thing that bothered me the most is that all of a sudden, Hall is banging bodies out there and laying hits on on McDavid and Yamamoto. Then he sheds his gloves. And and why why is that? All of a sudden, the the writing's on the wall that he's the odd man. Oh, oh, now I'm going to start doing all these things that's important to the team. Where the hell were you for the last six months? Did you not think that was important before? Or you were just comfortable and you just stayed in your comfort zone? That pisses me off. You're playing for a team that's trying to win the Stanley Cup. You have the ability to bang bodies and lay body checks like that. And you don't do it all year long until personally you think it's advantageous for you to start doing it. That's a that's a joke and that pisses me off.
4: Well, judging by the fight last night, it could be his one and only fight that we see uh, anytime soon because when Ryan Nugent Hopkins is pumping you, who, by the way, is an awesome dude. I met him at All Stars yeah. back, he, he was salted the earth. We actually had a shot together. Good dude. And I didn't even know he could chuck him. So he beat the shit out, yeah. of, out of Justin Hall mm-hmm. last night. Remember to subscribe, to tap that like button. There you go. Well, they're all they're tough in that really league. They can all, chuck all tough. Them. All tough and all chuck. Yeah, they all chucking them in that league for sure. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. And uh, don't forget to visit the LeafsNation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you see there on your, our YouTube page, at the Nation 401 where you continue to gain steam, at the Nation 401 on YouTube, where you can follow along. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, the chat is red hot right now. Jeffrey Size writes in, rough morning for Leafs Nation. Mr. Jangles, best Oilers game all season. So we have an influx of Oilers fans on the show today. We'll get to the chat a bit later on as well. But for now, let's get over the boards. Rosie, it's incredible, man. First intermission, I can feel the wrath of social media boiling over. It is one fucking game after they make these flurry of moves and Leafs fans just, just doing their thing again, pretty much yeah it's uh it's a well-named segment
0: it was just one of those nights man i mean all credit to the oilers they were by far the better team they were absolutely buzzing on all cylinders led by the best player in the world bar none and our team i mean we were skating around we were not starting and stopping we were swooping by guys we had multiple players going to one man with the puck for easy passes around them to odd man rushes we had turnovers left right and center I don't know, I'm going to call it a Bruce Springsteen hangover because they just didn't have it today. And, uh, you know, with all kinds of distractions and they're out of their element, being in Seattle for half a week and whatever else, these things happen. It's not the end of the world. We haven't even got, you know, two of those players in that trade. I think everything's kind of up in the air, a lot of distractions. And then you go up against an Oilers team that just had her all that night. It's just one of those nights.
4: I would argue uh, the Oilers showed the Maple Leafs who was uh, boss last night uh, because it really was a yep. flex. McDavid 2-1, and one, Hyman 1-1. One and one. I love that Jack Campbell doesn't start in that game. I hope he starts on March 11th. But yeah, they didn't have much. I don't know if it was a hangover. I don't know if it was the jitters following another big-time trade. It's going to take some time. We always talk about Kem on this show for sure. But it's one night. People, chill out, relax. If you're a Leafs fan watching or listening to this show right now, and, Rose, you play in this league. You're not going to have it every night. And I think on top of that, when you're playing the best player on the planet by a landslide, it's always going to be a tough night for you. I know the Oilers lose some games for sure, but, like, it's an uphill battle.
0: Yeah, it is. It's one of those games where if you guys don't have it as a team collectively and everyone's kind of not buying in and not really focused on the system. And I, I just noticed a lot of the swoops and the flybys and two guys yeah. attack one puck carrier for – you know, an easy pass around and then everyone hits the brakes and Brody's laying on the ice like a starfish for some unknown reason, which is not <laughs> really like him. And uh, it and then the Oilers bring it. So that's what happens when those two things collide. And it's kind of contagious when you don't have it and the other team's pouring it on. You look at each other and you go, Fuck, how are we dig out of this hole? And the more you try, the worse it gets. It's one of those nights, man. And credit to the Oilers. They played a great game. Let the Oilers faithful chirp off all the time. They sure yeah. like to Pop their chests out when they get a win and then act like, you know, the biggest babies when there's enough things to chirp them about the last decade and a half. But hey, we won't touch that right now.
4: This chat's on fire, man. It's Oilers and Leafs fans going toe-to-toe, which we love to see next outing March 11th for sure. So I think the good thing about it is they, they move on quickly, man. They got a game in Calgary tonight. We'll see if Schenner gets into the lineup here. Maybe Gustafson, too, who played seven games, I believe, as a member of the Calgary Flames. Love the revenge angle. We're not going to know much about the lineup until close to the game, but Joseph Wall confirmed starter last night by Sheldon Keefe. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, that's cool. Good uh, good kid, good player, and uh, good time to throw him in there. Sammy didn't look his best last night. I, I really think it's a good time for Murray to come back and be healthy, and they've been so good at kind of ham and egging it all year long where they, they switch, hit each other's hot streaks and injuries and whatever else I think uh, – Sammy seems to have had better stuff in the past than he does right now. Maybe give him a little break. Good time for Murray to come back. And in the meantime here, you know, throw a wall in there and give him some experience and, and let him get some confidence, hopefully, tonight. And I'm going to be at that game, actually. And okay. Talk to, yeah, I talked to Shen here this morning. He doesn't know if he's playing yet, but he got into town middle of the game last night. And uh, he is part of that Maple Leafs team as of now.
4: You talked to Shen. What did he have to say about being a Leaf again?
0: He's excited man. He uh he didn't want to tell a lot of people or talk about anything, you know, while the process was going down, but if he if he did get traded, he wanted to go to Toronto and he's just excited. He says I can't believe I'm going to walk back into that building again 12 years later. Um he's going to wear his number 2 jersey obviously and just all the all the faces and memories that he has around there. He's pretty excited to get back and he's not a big social media guy. He's kind of asking like what's the you know, what's the feedback? Are, are fans excited or are they mad or do they think they won the trade or not even? I'm like, oh dude, everything's been positive. Everyone's excited for you. We need a guy like you. Uh, your style of play is is very much missing as we found out last night and uh, we don't have anyone to do it. So I think we're going to be happy to see him in a, in a Leafs jersey again and I hopefully it's tonight and I can watch him live because uh, we're looking for a little bounce back tonight,
1: aren't we?
4: yeah you've practically had the pom poms on since we had Luke Chen on the show back in November, so for this to come to fruition is big time stuff, but I tend to agree, very humble dude, very well regarded in this city. I think he's gonna fit in perfectly and and even when you watched last night's game uh, you know a bit, I thought you know the Oilers were trying to push around the Leafs a bit. Evander Kane doesn't even play in that game, so I think you need to have that push back and you see some of the response, <clears throat> excuse me inside the division too from Tampa and the Boston Bruins in terms of changes there. It'll be really, really intriguing. Uh, you know, the other thing I want to get to as well, Eric Gustafson, if he does make his Maple Leafs debut tonight, uh, I wonder if you give this guy an extended look on the first power play unit. I'm sorry, just Morgan Riley's not cutting it right now anywhere.
0: Yeah, he doesn't appear to be at all. Um, he just hasn't been cutting it all year. I mean, he's not... He's not producing. He doesn't look effective. He doesn't look dominant. He doesn't look confident. It's just not, nothing's really happening. So if he can maybe take a step back and not lose confidence and you give Gustafson a shot up there, maybe something can start clicking because that
4: PP is definitely losing something. Oh, without question. Um, I think they could, they they can use a bit of a boost. Uh, I know they still score goals, but when you have that much talent, I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, I, I just think Gustafson could give a bit of a different look. And uh, I don't know if they would like mixing it up maybe in sort of the two units as well. Would you have Ryan O'Reilly out there as well as a a factor? You know, bunting can be thrown in the mix too. Not to say like the power play hasn't been a thing, but that's one my one lasting memory from various playoff runs or lack thereof has been the power play goes dry when it matters most. So might as well have uh, as many variations as possible. And I do think Gustafson deserves a legitimate look here, Rosie.
0: Yeah, I think so. Keith is not afraid to to mix up the lineups or hurt people's feelings or or you know, mix things up and see what works and try to find something that's uh that's got the mojo. But uh if they can get that peeper going, it would be super helpful because yeah, on those frustrating games where the Leafs are just trailing by one and they just don't quite have it, I think that they need to find a way. And if the only way they can do that is by trying all the options available to them and try to get that peeper going because it's uh it's not good when you're just sitting there spinning your wheels and you can't get it done. And it's the difference between a game and the playoffs.
4: It is. uh, It is certainly. And I think the Leafs, the best part about this, they can bounce back uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, Joseph Wall, intriguing too, hasn't hasn't played a game since February 18th. I think it just shows you sort of the gaps in the schedule for the Leafs. If you do recall, that was Ryan O'Reilly's debut, a 5-1 win over the Montreal Canadiens at Scotiabank Arena. And And obviously with the uncertainty surrounding Matt Murray, man, like this is getting ridiculous on a daily basis. You just don't know what's going to happen. We know he's practicing. Are they going to activate him? There's just so many questions. I think this is maybe the last shot before the deadline for Wall to uh, really stamp his foot forward and say, hey, I can be the backup if, if, if Murray can't be that
2: guy. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Yeah, maybe. I hope uh, hope that's not what it comes down to. I think they're just taking their time. There's nobody that's uh, stepping up and taking his job by any stretch. And I think they're just taking their time with his injury. I mean, they don't need to rush him back for any reason. We're just kind of battling points for home ice advantage. He is the goalie that has played very good. His numbers are good. He's played games. He's, win, he's won games for this crew. He's, his, his knock is just being a little bit hurt too often. And he gets hurt again. And are they annoyed with it and tired of it? Of course. But When he does get hurt, why would they rush him back? Take all the time, make him see all the doctors, all the specialists, make sure that thing is friggin' perfect and ready to go post-deadline to make a run. And I think that's what they're doing. And that's why the frustration is setting in for fans because what's the deal with him? Well, they're just sitting him down, making sure he's good because there's no reason to rush him back. So I fully would expect him to come in, be healthy and be ready and play good. And him and Sammy are the one, two guys in Toronto.
4: I like that. You have a lot of faith in Matt Murray, but we've seen this rodeo way too often with the Ottawa Senators, even to an extent with Pittsburgh in his latter days, and now with the Toronto Maple Leafs, he's just very, very unreliable, and I think the biggest thing you want in the playoffs is reliability, and then even watching the game last night, it it seemed, and sheer speculation on my part, that Samsonov came up lame on a save, I think, in the third period. Uh, The broadcasters didn't talk about it. He went on with the game, but like they're one injury away from everything they've done here, acquisitions. They've been great. But if you don't have a goalie come to Stanley Cup playoffs, with all due respect to Joseph Wall, very young in his career, they're in big-time trouble, Rosie. So that, that that to me, in lies the biggest question right now around deadline time. Should they address the goaltending position, knowing the uncertainty surrounding Matt Murray? Can they do it? I don't know. Quick's gone. Corpus has gone. I don't think Talbot's going anywhere because Ottawa thinks they're in it. They pick up Chickren yesterday. So you're out of options, and uh, I think Kyle Dubas and company knew this going into this season that they put so much stock in these guys, it better work out or else. And uh, I think we're at that or else stage right now.
0: Well, I think you could argue that it has worked out. I mean, look at their positioning in the in the in the standings. You know, they're 60 games in or whatever, and it's it's been good. They've stolen games. Are they perfect? Are they Vesna winners? No, but those don't grow on trees. And I think that, you know, we've had plenty of shows where we've talked about these two goalies and, and how great they've done and who are they going to play and, and who's hotter. They're both hot. And, you know, one guy gets injured, the other guy steps up and does well. And, you know, we've got depth with Shalgren and Wohl back behind them. And I don't think it's this uh, desperate situation in Toronto for goaltenders like people think it is. I think it's been much worse in years past.
4: Yeah, that's uh, that, that's. I think you're right. I think you're right, and I think you know it's it's one thing that really hasn't plagued this team. I felt the last couple of years they can't score when it matters. That's more so the conversation. Even last year, it wasn't really about Jack Campbell. It was the fact they're up three two in that series and couldn't score that big time goal. But again, when you have Andre Vasilevsky, I like to call him Mariano Rivera. It's going to be tough sledding. Uh, we're hoping in about ten minutes or five minutes, excuse me, for now, Nick Kiprios of Kipper and Born on Sportsnet five nine. The fans going to drop by. We're going to get his perspective on what he thinks the Leafs could do between now and the three Eastern deadline tomorrow. Uh, what else Cal Dubas could have up, up his sleeve and also his thoughts generally um, on what the Leafs have done the last uh, two weeks, picking up, uh, you know, six players potentially and counting, adding them to your roster. And of course, uh, Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty, Rosie make their debuts last night. I thought McCabe was fine. I think showed his worth. Um, you know, I think he brings some snarl to the back end, which is always great. He can skate too. And. And that fourth line in general, I thought, had some bite too with Sam Lafferty on it.
0: Yeah, I think our depth is showing to be a little bit uh, more solid on the back, uh, bottom six. Uh, Camp has been showing up a little bit too. Uh, he kind of had a turnover on one of those goals that was a little ugly, but not really his fault. But he's been chipping in offensively lately. Every time I seem to check on the ticker here, it's like, oh, Camp forgot another one. And it's it's kind of nice to see. And then that fourth line is uh, is really rounded out better with some experience and some jam and some... You know, some consistency, which is huge in the playoffs as well. And going back to the goaltender situation a little bit, yeah. we're an injury away from disaster, but like what if Connor McDavid goes down with an injury? You know, what if uh, Vasilevsky does? What if Omark does? What if Shesterkin does? Like if those guys all get injured, lots of dominoes fall for lots of teams. And I mean, that's part of the game. And I know that Murray's a little bit more susceptible for sure, but I think that's why they've had Samsonov. They don't, they're not just putting all their eggs in the Murray basket. Then I would be concerned, yes.
4: It's just that teams, more times than not, unless you're like Tampa, you use more than one goalie in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's just a fact of the matter. If you think the Leafs are going to stroll in, it's going to be Samsonov every game. I think you're sadly mistaken. I think the expectation yeah. was a flip-flop of sorts where you're going to have to utilize more than one guy. And and now they're sort of handcuffed. Again, with the dueest respect to Joseph Wall, just very, very raw in this league. And you're just putting a lot on Elias Samsonov. Has he done much in the Stanley Cup playoffs before? That's my question. I just... I wonder. I'm happy with this team. I'm okay with this team. I think Samson has been a great story. I just, I'm scared as hell about Matt Murray and whatever's coming our way. Even if Murray gets activated, I wouldn't be shocked he gets hurt the next game.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the question. I mean, I don't think there's any panic because I know that Murray has been healing and he's skating and he's ready to get back in the lineup. So that's all, that's all I'm going off of. I'm not going to play, you know, crystal ball. Like he's going to get hurt a week before the playoffs. Like we don't know that there's a, there's just as good a chance that he is healthy. He took the right time that he needed to get himself ready in game shape. And he feels good and the thing's not bothering him anymore. And they gave him the time to not rush that. And away he goes. He's going to be here next week probably and, and playing and hopefully he's back in the form that he left at, where he's playing solid hockey and got good numbers.
4: We'll see. Honestly, Rosie, I got my reservations, that front, but uh, you know, we talked on on Gustafson. Did you see last night, uh, the Leafs gave Ryan O'Reilly a look uh, as the three C in the third period and looked pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, he's pretty versatile, man. Um, I wasn't seeing anyone stand out too much on the on the Maple Leafs yesterday. They just didn't have it. But um, when you're shuffling a guy around like that, versatility, utility is is huge. And and there's pretty c- capable guys throughout that top nine, really. And you can put them anywhere, which is great. And I just I have no problems really with the lineup or what combinations there are they're all competent guys and they're used to playing with different players and we're trying to see who O'Reilly jams with the most and it's it's, it's normal to see him bounce around a little bit and find some jam especially when Keith is coaching he's never scared to do that
4: he's not um, that's for sure and certainly again we're, we're looking forward to joining up here with Nick Kiprios in, uh, in a couple moments uh, but it's it's a unique perspective, I think, when you look at this all in all for the Leafs that they're all in. But then you look at Boston, you look at Tampa, like this is going to be an absolute war. And then, you know, conversely, you look at tonight's opponent, you'll be there at the game, the Calgary Flames in general. Like we expected much more out of this team and they've been a massive disappointment, Rosie.
0: They really have got a lot of buddies that are were high on them at the beginning of the season. And to be honest, they've done well. I mean, you hear Sutter say last night that they have the second least shots against in the entire league and they're not winning games and it comes down to their goaltenders markstrom has fallen off the absolute planet i don't know if it's mental stuff or personal stuff or he's just not doesn't have it or it doesn't seem to be injuries Um, Vladar is not a whole lot better and it's like man this team would be right up there especially in the western conference which is just not even close to as deep as the east they could be right up there leading their division if they would just get some goaltending. And I think that's a clear-cut case of what the problem is in Calgary right now. And it's hard to get any jam going offensively or with the forwards when constantly those weak goals are getting let in and those big letdowns. It just sucks the life out of the bench, man. It's very tough for a team to to get going when you just can't rely on your goaltending. And it's it's weird. He was a Vesna conversationalist last year and now he can't stop a goddamn thing. It's a, it's a big-time fall for grace for Markstrom.
4: You know, I was looking too. Like he hasn't recorded a shutout this year. I think he had like seven or eight last year. Like it's it's pretty crazy yeah. to fall from grace. But do you think we see Lucic drop the mitts? What what the chances? You know, as Shenner gets in and it's it's Lucic and Shenner tonight. You want to set the table? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope not. I don't think it's necessary. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Luki's
0: been stepping be up a lot more in in years years recently. To be dropping those mitts. He he would do that when he had to when I was playing with him and when he was a little bit younger. And now that the league's kind of changed and his role has kind of evolved into a guy that that is leading like the league in hits and is, uh, is being that physical force and kind of the only guy on a team to step up if need be, He's starting to play that role a little bit more. As far as him stepping in with Lucic each first game of the year, I don't think he uh, he needs to do that. But uh, stranger things have happened. I I really think that With all the stuff that's gone on, this team's on the road. Bodies are coming in, flying from different places. Guys got new gear on there. It's just a mishmash right now. I don't think this team is really going to settle down and we're going to see what it's like with these new bodies until they get back home. You know, they still got to finish this Western swing, then go to New Jersey, and then I think maybe they can settle down and, and actually see what their identity is with this new group. So I'm sure Leafs Nation might start mashing panic buttons and whatnot if this road trip doesn't go great. But to me, things aren't going to be settled down and these guys aren't going to be able to breathe and really figure out what's what until they get home.
4: Yeah, definitely. And, that, and that's the the added picture in this story is that Toronto's on the road for a five-game road trip and you're making all these acquisitions and you know it's a scramble, as you talked about in the show the other day. You've just been traded. So it's like a whirlwind, I think, for the first 48 to 72 hours until you fit in. And not to mention the least, won't play a home game still for a while. I think the next home game for this team, in fact, is March 11th against the Edmonton Oilers. Still still a ways away. Um, they're feeling pretty decent about life, for sure. You can tell it in, in the excitement and the, the sense around the team. They're feeling good. But I want to bounce back tonight, man. You're playing an inferior opponent, the Calgary Flames. They're reeling yeah. right now. And you have a chance to put them away, put them to bed. And the Flames could become a seller if they can't win tonight, Rosie.
0: Yeah, their back's up against the wall. I mean, Markstrom has got to be better. And like you say, you play an opponent that is desperate and it's their last breath at trying to do something and salvage their season they're going to be they're going to be potentially dangerous it could go one of two ways they could absolutely shell them and they'll fold or they could dig their heels in and and you know give give you a good fight and I think again it's going to come down to the goaltending with these guys but I would expect that the Leafs have a little bit of pushback um, they're not happy with the loss and the way they lost and how much they lost by last night. And and they were scrambling. Their systems were off. So I expect them to be a little more focused tonight on the systems, playing together as a team, being very disciplined structurally, and just having given the space for their big boys to penetrate and, and try to light these goalies up. Uh, I think a lot of rubber is going to be headed towards the net with the confidence of these two goalies on the Flames.
4: As promised, uh, let's bring in today's guests from Sportsnet and Kipper and born on Sportsnet 5. And the fan. It's Nick Kiprios. What's going on, Kipper? How are you, buddy? I'm
3: good, boys. How are you?
4: Feeling good, feeling great. Uh, Obviously, with the additions to this Maple Leafs roster, you you cannot feel good. But what was your assessment on the uh, first outing last night?
3: Yeah, much like Sheldon's after the game, disappointed uh, in in terms of uh, maybe the overall energy. And uh, by no stretch did we all expect them to be tic-tac-toe out there and everything was going to gel right away. But... Uh, The energy that uh, was kind of brought into that game uh, from both sides, uh, the at-home trade for Edmonton and then the one that, uh, or the multitude of ones that uh, brought the Toronto Maple Leafs into last night, only one team answered the bell. And uh, that's a little bit disappointing, but they they do get to rebound after 24 hours here against Calgary. The Leafs overall have been a team that uh, uh, when they have performed, poorly they have been able to kind of put the fire out and uh and turn the energy around and that's what i expect tonight out of this uh this deeper leaf roster is uh, a better effort and the odds should be with them that they're going to end up with two points tonight
0: should be rosie should be kipper (laughs) you
3: i saw on your show the
0: other day uh you know, you're saying the timing might not be right for them to make a, a run. Do you think they're just kind of too late with getting to the party in this roster? Well, or do you, do you think it's the, the, the environment they're in where everyone's just firing all cylinders in that conference?
3: Yeah, Rosie, that's a, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote for the Toronto Star today, an article that kind of compares uh, my situation in 1994 with the New York Rangers, where we, were, we weren't the fourth best team at the time of these trades, like the Leafs were in the league. We were, we were the top team. Uh, we were, we were, we were cooking pretty well. And then the next thing you know, trade deadline day comes around, uh, around and we lose 20% of our, our roster and five guys are out. and Five new ones are coming in. And the whole idea behind, uh, the guys that we traded for was that meat and potatoes type of, uh, uh, lineup, uh, the ones that can grind it out and play against the walls and win battles in front of the net. And, as we know, Stefan Matteau uh, holds a very high standard in New York now after two double <laughs> overtime uh, winners way to winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, but that's the comparison uh, for me, uh, is that we were able to gel quickly, turn, uh, turn a roster right around and uh, actually make it better. And that's what the Leafs are hoping from, uh, yeah. you know, with the likes of Achari, uh, and uh, looking at uh, Lafferty come in, who uh, should be the, the the Brian Noonan's and the Stefan Matos uh, of my era to come in and uh, reinforce the Stars. Uh, but yeah. there's that one, but uh, the Stars didn't show up last night. Austin didn't show up. No. Uh, Tavares didn't show up, and Willie Nylander didn't show up. Uh, and th- there's the difference between winning and losing and we know Connor mcdavid shows up every night and the drive out of him uh you don't have to look very far to 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 see it and unfortunately for leafs they're still waiting for austin matthews to have that i'm the second best player in the world look and uh it's it's not there yet
4: kipper what's going on there like Obviously, he comes off a season the way he played last year. He's out of this world. But there's just been moments where, you're like, he's missing that oomph. Like, he's he's struggling with the puck. Uh, what's your read on on Matthews' season so far?
3: Well, it's always difficult when you have that career year. Uh, 60 goals and an MVP, and that bar is so high. And maybe it's just managing expectations on that. Uh you know, there might be a few other things off the ice. Uh, we know he's eligible for a contract extension as early as uh, July. I don't know if that's a factor or not for him. Where, whether or not you know he ever has spent one second thinking about his future or not. If he did, he wouldn't be the first athlete to do that. Uh, but he's been around long enough to 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 understand that. You know, whatever that case is. you have to check it at the door when you step on the ice and you got to perform. And for whatever reason, uh, Nick, it doesn't look like on, on, on some nights that he's, he's, he's there mentally, maybe physically he is because he's such a gifted athlete, but there's some nights when uh, you're wondering, uh, you know, if he's, if he's all there uh, in terms of uh, the here and now. And, 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 you know, the, the crazy part is, is that he's so talented and he's so good uh, that he could find a way to still score 35, 40 goals with his eyes closed. Uh, but it's just not about the numbers being down for him. It's it's the, it's some of the shifts that you see that he's he still doesn't stand out like he did last season. So you hope 20 games now to go. Sheldon with this new core group can, can find a way to, to get uh, Austin going again at the level that uh, Lee fans are accustomed to.
0: Yeah, you'd hope he can turn it on, you know, if he's waiting for the playoffs or what. That's an odd thing to do, I think. But you mentioned the core group of guys, you know, the Nylanders, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, now O'Reilly. They've, they've gone with this core group. It's the same core group. They haven't blown that up. And all Dubas has done is surrounded them with a supporting cast that they have needed. So I believe in my mind, Dubis is done. His job is done. He's put the names on the paper. He's given them a chance to succeed. And now it's that core group who hasn't got it done in the past, needs to step up and be the big boys and the big money guys that they are to actually get it done. Would you agree with that as far as how Dubis has handled this and now it's on the players'
3: plate? 100%. And this is uh, Kyle's fourth chance as a general manager. And in many ways, it's the last chance for this core gr- group uh, that Kyle has doubled down on. Hey, listen, uh, they lost in the first round of Tampa and there's a lot of, there's a lot of leaf fans out there that said that was enough for them, that it's not going to work. And there needs to be maybe one of four that need, need to move out. There's a lot of, Talk about Willie Nylander being that guy that you can flip for a, a five or $6 million defenseman. It didn't happen. And Willie has played exceptionally well. There's no question about that. But, you know, there's still the danger that this could be still a top-heavy team when it comes to the forward group and, and not enough spread-out depth on the back end. And And we'll see where McCabe ends up anchoring all of this in the next 20 games. Uh, but this is the last chance, Rosie, for this group, and it's the last chance yeah. for Kyle Dubas. And if he does not get in the, uh, out of the first round, uh, then you assume someone else is going to come in and certainly not keep the same blueprint uh, that has failed year after year. Then you know there's going to be major changes coming up uh, this summer if, if they don't get out of a, a first-round scenario.
4: So right now they got, what, 12 forwards and and nine defensemen on their roster. What's your read? Uh, Like, does he have another move up his sleeve potentially here?
3: Well, I would think that uh, the one place that he's left himself vulnerable the most is in that. And I think Samsonov had a uh, a really tough game. And you could sit there and call it maybe a a one-off. Or you could sit there and say, uh, no, it's not... uh, it's not good enough right now, and that's not to say that Samsonov's not the guy, or or he won't be groomed still in the next twenty games to to start a playoff season. Uh, but I, I just I, I wouldn't have I, I would believe with all the moves that they've made in the last week that the he might have one more coming up, and and that might be a a similar situation like he was with uh, uh, Riddick trading. Yeah, for Riddick, uh, uh in the past uh, for a third rounder, just to to reinforce, and I think that that might be the case. And you know, one name that's out there we know is Jonathan Quick, and he's on uh, an expiring deal. You get Columbus to pick up fifty percent of that. You get another team to put in twenty five percent. Maybe it costs you another fourth round pick. Who? Can- airs as you've come this yeah. far you you don't care about a fourth round pick uh you get you get quick salary down enough to add him to the roster and now maybe uh maybe you got a guy that can help samsonov manage the expectations uh that are soon to to feel rather heavy on his shoulders i think
4: what are you hearing about Matt Murray? You know, Rosie and I laugh and chuckle on this show all the time. We, we met you in the alumni box that game against Ottawa. It was supposed to be Murray. We show up, the anthems, and Celia yeah. Samsonov in there. And we haven't seen Matt Murray play a game since. What are you hearing on that front? Is he close to a return? Are they going to activate this guy or what?
3: Yeah, he's close on a return. Uh, and we probably could see him in action. On the weekend, but I I think there's too much water under the bridge, guys. To be honest with you, to to just keep things status quo, and uh, I I, that's where you you need some NHL experience. You cannot leave it to Wall. Uh, You can't leave it to Shelgren. uh, If in fact Matt Murray has any more issues with his health, so. I just feel that's the one place that uh, they're, they're, they're most vulnerable right now. And I did not like Samsonov's game against the Oilers at all. Over commitment, uh, sliding, losing his net. Those are major concerns now going into the month of March.
4: So certainly, you you know, you you make all these additions. We talked about it, six different players. Um, You know, Ryan O'Reilly, that has been a great pickup. I think ideally I'd love to see him in the 3C hole. But if this is up to you, do you think they have enough to get over that hump, not only to win a playoff series against Tampa, but go all the way this season?
3: Listen, uh, what Boston's doing is off the charts. Uh, Despite Kyle making this team deeper and more playoff ready, uh, it, it's going to take a major, major upset to knock off the Boston Bruins. And as we found out uh, earlier today, uh Bertuzzi's now a member of the Boston Bruins. Pretty darn good player, if you ask me. And uh, probably a reaction off of uh, Nick Foligno's injury, which could appear serious. Uh, enough to maybe uh, jeopardize his ability to participate for the rest of the season. We don't know yet. We're just speculating on that. But uh, Boston's deep, and they're, uh, and I'm watching them go through Alberta in Edmonton and Calgary, and it's Swayman and Allmark who are back-to-back, lights-out, goaltending. And again, we'll put so much pressure on the likes of uh Samsonov and Murray to, to, to carry this weight. Uh, but, um, you know, do the, are the Leafs deep enough? Uh, as Rosie knows, we, uh, the game isn't one on paper. You got to play it. There's injuries. There's uh, guys that get hot. There's guys that cool off. They're, they're closer than they were two weeks ago. There's no question about that. But if they do fall short, um, it'll it'll just be because Boston is too deep, and you know we're talking about even getting out of the second round. And I shouldn't jump on that uh, because there is Tampa yeah. Bay, and Tampa has done a few things to to bolster their lineup. Um, it I do believe if they made these moves a year ago or two years ago, we wouldn't they wouldn't have gotten stuck in the first round. They would have found a way. So. Yes, they are closer, but enough to go to a conference final or a Stanley Cup final, uh, still the odds are against them.
4: Yeah. It really has that Alex Anthopoulos feel from a couple of years ago when he acquired David Price, and we'll see if they can put it together. Uh, before we let you go, the uh, Next Rewards app, break that down for us.
3: Yeah, uh, it's just something that I I, I helped uh, build in the last uh, year and a half, two years through a pandemic. It, it plays like a, a gaming app. Uh, no different than prop bets. Uh, they're yes and no questions. Will the Leaf score on a power play? Will they get a shot on goal in the next two minutes? Instead of money coming back to you for correctly answering a question, you get reward points. Uh, and uh, the whole idea is that there's no betting. There's no uh, money involved. Uh, just reward points. You go to a catalog that has uh, Starbucks, Tim Hortons, Boston Pizza. You can redeem your points for coffee, uh food. You know apparel uh and it just wanted to create a a fun safe environment for people to be engaged uh, on their mobile phones uh, or their laptops uh, while watching the game so it's next rewards and uh it's available on ios android use my code kipper19 and i'll give you 250 points to start so uh i hope everybody has fun with it uh down the stretch and in the playoffs and MLB's coming as well. We're going to we're going to launch it with uh, the Jays in April. So, tons of fun. It's called Next Rewards. Sounds like a good awesome. way
0: for a degenerate to have some fun and be engaged and not lose the whole education
4: <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> That's the
3: whole idea, Rosie. Thanks,
4: man. And uh just to alert everybody as well, make sure to check out Kipper and Born every day as well. Uh so Kipper, really appreciate your time. Uh, great meeting up with you a couple weeks back.
3: Hey, you guys are doing a great job. Uh Thank Keep you. up the great work. Thanks Kipper. Thanks, Kipper. Okay, guys. Have a good one. See you, see you boys. There you have
4: it. Uh, you, Nick Kiprios from Sportsnet. Kipper and Bourne. Just bringing it. Love him. Um, brings a lot of the heat on Sportsnet 5.9 of the fan as well. So really, really interesting conversation, Rosie, man. It's like it's like put up or shut up time for and uh, Company here.
0: Yeah, shit. It's not... Uh... It's the time where the eyebrows are raised and the chin is scratched saying, is this it or is this not? And I mean, with all the scrutiny on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I mean, Kipper lives in that city. He's played for that team. He's been in the media for years and years. And he's very much, you know, absorbed in that whole life. And and you got to look at it and say, yeah, they're better. But are they good enough? And I think that's the question for every team right now. And... (laughs) It's just, I really believe that they're a better team than they were last year. I don't think Tampa's as good as they were last year. I think the matchup for the first round, which is all I'm focusing on right now, is Mm -hmm. are they getting by that first round? And once they get over that hump, I feel like especially that core group can just breathe easy and say, okay, now we're rolling here. And we roll into the second round, whether it's Boston or whatever. And then everyone knows once it's in the playoffs, anything's possible. Guys get hot, goalies, whatever. And... I'm thinking on the positive side of there being a better team and they've, they've put a powerhouse together and now it's time to see what they can do. And if they're the disappointing old Leafs, it will be very, very, very disappointing. But I just, I'm thinking that that's not going to happen in the first round this year. That's as far as I'm looking ahead.
4: Looking forward to that conversation for sure. And looking forward to the wrap-up. It's brought to you by our friends at Points by Canada. All right, so we're going to do this quickly. I know we're running late on time here. Have Kiprios on. That's great. Um, So I like the over six between Seattle and Detroit. That's where I'm firmly looking. Detroit, definitive sellers. They got rid of Hronik. Uh, They trade Tyler Bertuzzi earlier today. Seattle can't keep the puck out of the net. They hit the over the other night with the St. Louis Blues. They hit it against the Leafs on Sunday, as we know. So keep that puppet rolling. I like the over between Detroit. And the, uh, the Seattle Kraken tonight you see on your screen, six and a half, Rosie. So there you have it. Really, really fun show. Uh, very, very busy chat as well, Rosie. My goodness, Oilers fans and Leafs fans going back and forth or ripping each other. I can't wait for March 11th next time they play each other.
0: Yeah, for sure. We haven't seen each, seen each other all year until last night. And now... Uh... The blood's boiling already. Those Oilers fans are about as passionate as they get. And uh, the Leafs fans obviously are spread out through the whole bloody world. So fun stuff. Yeah. I'd like another crack at them when they're not hungover. Let's just call it that one.
4: Uh, I love this. Uh, Jeff Wood. Good, good, good chirp. Pringle McDingle switched to decaf. <laughs> 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 it's chirping good his stuff. coffee selection. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, um, a programming note. We're not going to be with you tomorrow because, again, Rosie and I will be part of daily face-offs coverage, and you can find that on the Nation Network YouTube page starting at noon Eastern time. We're going to have a live cam on Frank Cera Valley, which should be a lot of fun considering all the wheeling and dealing pretty much done. But make sure to check it out. There's going to be a player's room as well. Uh, I'm going to be part of the Instant Reaction team. And we're going to break it all down, whatever comes across the wires. So no additional East Morning Take tomorrow. Again, we'll have a recap coming up uh, over the next few days into next week as well. So we'll have you covered here on the show. But for now, I'll, b- I'll bid you farewell, Rosie, and we'll uh, we'll talk tomorrow, okay? You bet. See you guys at the big show tomorrow. I love it. That's Jay Rose. So many thanks to producer Alex and our guests uh, from Sportsnet, Nick Kiprios. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Take care.